I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And today we are going to talk about Miss Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Lizzie. Yes, um, the spirit that everybody likes to say, they're like, wasn't Lizzie Borden from here when they come to Savannah? And I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> well, nope. And it's funny because uh, if you ask me, the, the Gribble House murders are far more mm-hmm. grotesque and, and intriguing than the Lizzie Borden murders. But Lizzie Borden was a sensation. Yeah. She was an instant celebrity. I mean, this before social media... Everyone was talking about her across the country, probably around the world. Absolutely. But it's funny. It's like when you come up to people and you're like, do you know who Lizzie Borden is? They're like, yeah, yeah, that was the the girl who killed her parents, right? But then you ask them, like, do you know what the Gribble House is? And they're like, what? Right. It's like, exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, one's still standing and one isn't, though. Yeah, but listen. Gotta give it that. But the Gribble House is just like it is. It's a horrific, horrific story. And it's an axe murder. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, why is one axe murder more you know significant than the other axe murder? Yeah, and sure. one of the interesting things about it was there was this amazing trial around the Lizzie Borden murder. Uh, she was arrested and she was tried and she was acquitted, although. It's very tough to argue that it wasn't her. All the evidence suggests it was her. Everything points to her. She, her alibi was, I was in the house. That's literally <laughs> her alibi. Her alibi was, I was ironing handkerchiefs while my stepmother was being killed, and I was possibly in the barn, maybe in the basement, maybe upstairs, when my father was murdered. These, you know, it, it, it's really bizarre, but I'll go ahead and, 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 and get you up to date to what, what goes on. I stayed the night at the Lizzie Borden house. It is now a bed and breakfast, That's if you can delightful. imagine that. Yes. You can actually stay in the room where Lizzie Borden's stepmother was hacked to death with a hatchet. You can stay in that room. We did not stay in that room. We were actually in a very creepy room in the attic. Like, literally, the wall was slanted at us. It was very creepy. And to make matters worse, they put a toy box full of old toys in the room, which just makes the whole thing worse. You're in this tiny little room, and you're looking across the way, and it's like, oh, look, a toy box. Why? I'm sure Megan loved that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. Uh, it, was, it was insane. And it was an insane encounter. If you have an opportunity to do it, I strongly suggest, even if you don't stay the night, they do offer this ghost hunt tour that you can go on. And it is, it was one of the more significant ghost hunts I've ever been on in my entire life. Uh, but fascinatingly enough, uh, the history of Lizzie Borden was brought into very sharp focus because I thought I knew. You know, what yeah. you're supposed to know about Lizzie Borden. Uh, it, it boils down to a nursery rhyme. A nursery rhyme. It wasn't a nursery rhyme. It's more like a chant. Uh, kind of like the Freddy Krueger chant. Yeah. Uh, uh, kids used to sing this to Lizzie Borden. Now imagine you're a kid and Lizzie Borden 
who you believe is an axe murderer, is living, you know, down the street from you. You go to her house, <laughs> you stand on her lawn, and you say, Lizzie Borden had an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she's done, she gave her father 41. I say This that. was an axe murderer. <laughs> You think this person's an axe murderer and you're taunting her. You're on her lawn. And so it was it was very bizarre. The the whole story is strange. Basically, the story goes one uh crisp morning in eighteen ninety-two, uh I believe I could be wrong about the date. I believe it's eighteen ninety two. In eighteen ninety-two, um Lizzie Borden's father, Andrew, and her mother Abby, or stepmother Abby, uh were Brutally murdered. Now, they were not hit 40 times and 41 times. Uh, Abby was hit 19 times with a hatchet. And the father was hit 10 or 11 times. And the father took it to the face. Ooh. And it was gruesome. It was, it was gory. It was horrible. The scene was terrible. And if you go to the Lizzie Borden house, they have the crime scene photos. Delightful. On display. So you can sit and look at what is very undiscernible as a human being because there's only a few hits to the face with an axe before you no longer look sure. like a person. And um, the stepmother was actually hit in the back of the head first. And so she's got all kinds of cave. And they have uh, replicas of their skulls. <laughs> There, so you, you like, uh, and in the dining room where the bed and breakfast, the breakfast part, you're sitting in the dining room and you look over and there are two caved in skulls just <laughs> like at the end of the table. And you're like, oh, good, pancakes and skull fragments. So, um, yeah, it's very bizarre. And so, of course, when the police arrive, there were two people on the property the entire time. Lizzie Borden was on the property the entire time, and so was the maid, Bridget. And Bridget... Bridget did it. Y- you would think. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. And to make matters worse, Bridget was a replacement maid. They, they had another maid named Maggie. When Bridget came on, uh, <laughs> Lizzie Borden and her sister Emma refused to call Bridget by her name. They just called her Maggie. They just continued <laughs> to call her Maggie. That's how little... Uh, you know, respect they showed this woman. Goodness. But uh, Bridget had the same kind of story. She was made, she had all these tasks that she had to do during the day, wash the windows and go in. She wasn't feeling well. And so she tells the story consistently every time she is interviewed. Okay. She, she, she tells it, she tells it, she tells it. Um, Lizzie Borden, on the other hand, Uh-oh. cannot keep a straight story. Mm-hmm. She tells many versions where she is in different places. She tells things that are entirely contradictory. Her story goes all over the place. Um, One of her main things was that uh, when her father came home, she took his boots off before he took a nap on the couch. This is her interaction with her father. But in the crime scene photos, he's wearing his boots. You know, and and so there's all kinds of inconsistencies, all kinds of strangeness. But it's worth noting that because she was in close proximity to the graphic and horrible death of her father and her stepmother, she was placed on morphine, copious amounts of morphine to calm wow. her nerves. 
And I will tell you right now, morphine will calm your nerves. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> if, you, if you need some nerves calming, morphine will do the trip. And, and people are like, well, maybe that's why her stories were inconsistent. And it's like, maybe. But grossly inconsistent stories are bizarre when it would make more sense to just not remember. Why would she remember so many different details versus just not knowing? Just being like, oh, yeah. morphine brain. Exactly. Um, which is an excellent defense. So her story was very suspicious. And when, when all was said and done, she went to court, she went to trial. She never showed any remorse. She never showed any sorrow, no grieving. And she had a habit of overdressing because the truth of the matter was her father was actually very wealthy. Sure. But he was very stingy. And being stingy was the bane of Lizzie Borden's life. Lizzie Borden wanted desperately to be a part of society and be a part of the... Uh, she wanted more than anything to live on the hill, which is where all the rich people and the debutantes and everybody lived. Mm -hmm. They lived right down in the thick of it, right on 2nd Street. And they're in the like, holler. Yeah, in the holler. And, <laughs> um, and the father refused to get indoor plumbing. He refused to you know, upgrade mm. anything. He was very much... Yeah, a, a, a stingy man, um, which sounds like a motive to me, mm -hmm. because it Lizzie Borden like basically got yeah. what is equivalent to like ten million dollars in today's money wow. from the death of, of of her stepmother and her father. So, it, uh, and there was huge disputes. Her, uh, Lizzie Borden had a falling out with her stepmother over money, mm -hmm. and it was it was. There's a lot of evidence pointing against her. She goes on trial. She shows up in you know spectacular dress, not morning attire. She's, She's very like, comical. Attention. She's like, look She's at like, me. I'm a celebrity. And, right, exactly. She was a celebrity. Yeah. She was. Uh, you know, uh, they sent people from the New York Times up to sit in the courtroom. You know, it was a uh, oh, media it. circus. Oh, yeah. Loving it. It's like Narci Ted Bundy, a narcissist. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A so you you watch this whole thing play out and you're like she's guilty oh that's a guilty person <laughs> and um the jury made up of all men all older farmer men from you know the region they looked at her and were like well no no little woman could ever do that <laughs> that requires a what, level what is this this is, is me this? I, I'm, I'm putting my hand in my waistcoat oh, okay yes in your pocket <laughs> in my little pocket here yes. no no oh I, i'm sorry they're new england no woman can do that. <laughs> Surely there was somewhere that couldn't be happening. Anyway, um, sure. they basically, her defense was she's she's girly. You know, she, no girl can do that. That that requires man. That's man force right there. So they they literally acquitted her because they felt that she didn't have the constitution to pull off this wow. specific uh, crime. The 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 nature and the ferocity of this crime. It was like no, um, women would poison. They certainly wouldn't use an axe. They wouldn't tell that to Elizabeth yeah. Bathory. Well, it's, the, the yeah. interesting well, thing was about her. They right. they they state that that a woman would poison rather than hatchet. Sure. Turns out Lizzie Borden tried to buy cyanide the day before the murders. She went to the pharmacy <laughs> to buy cyanide, and she was refused. Okay. <laughs> and then it turns out that. Her whole family was sick. Her, her father and her mother were both feeling ill for weeks. Uh-oh. Which suggests maybe, and, and the mother, the stepmother went to the doctor saying she had been poisoned. Yeah. But the doctor's like, I don't see any signs of that. Modern science hadn't caught up. So, yeah. 
it's very possible that she was poisoning them and it just wasn't working fast enough. Wow. And she just got fed up and one day just went hatchet crazy. So that was the, 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 the breadth of it. She got the money. She bought a house on the hill. She didn't move out of town, a town that believed she was an axe murderer. She went to go live up on the hill and she threw lavish parties and lived the life of, you know, uh, a celebrity, a, a, a wealthy person. She, she insisted on becoming Lizbeth instead of Lizzie because Lizzie was an axe murderer. But Lizbeth was, you know, this fine, refined woman living on the hill. Um, and so I kind of knew that story. That story was the story I knew. Yeah. You know, I knew that she went on trial. I knew she was acquitted and I knew... More than likely, she did it. What I didn't know was, one, there was another suspect. There was another good, solid suspect. The day before the axe murders happened, Lizzie's maternal uncle, that would be Lizzie's uh, mother who passed uh, uncle, came to, uh, to the house and asked to stay the night. He stayed the night, the night before the murder. Out of the blue. Huh. And he slept in the room that Abby was murdered in. Now, he had an ironclad alibi, but it was a suspiciously concise and very well-rehearsed alibi where he knew every street he turned on, every person he spoke to, every name. And they they didn't go and ask these people. He just was able to recount his day so clearly, concisely, and consecutively that they're like, man, he couldn't have done it. He went, he went to go visit his, his family, and, and he, he knows the train times. He knows these things. He knows. And apparently— But who knows the train times? Well, that's just— Like, I, who knows uh, the street name? Like, wh- all wh- wh- Who pays that much attention yeah. to uh-huh. every person you, you talk— Because he was talking to strangers, but he remembered who He's they overselling were. it. He's overselling mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. what I was saying. I was like, that's really, really— Bizarre. So at the very least, I was like, maybe he and Lizzie were in on it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they he were in cahoots. Maybe he gets a kickback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was in dire financial straits. The whole reason why he was in town was to hopefully make a, a deal with Lizzie's father, who was, you know, a, a, a very wealthy man. So there's lots of things pointing to it. And and I was like, okay, you know, um, I'm I'm open to the idea that maybe she wasn't alone, although when it all came down to it, there were certain parts of, like, Bridget's story. Bridget says that she came in, um, she was washing the windows, and then she came in, and when she came in, she heard Lizzie laughing at the top of the stairs. The top of the stairs is where Abby's murder occurred. So Bridget puts Lizzie at the room where, Bridget, where Abby was murdered, and now it's like, oh, okay, but Lizzie says she wasn't in the room in one story and says, oh, yeah, she went to her room in another story. And then in another story, she was out in the barn. So, again, wow. you, you so were, where was she? Where were you? What, what was going on? And why was this the way it went? Um, I find it so interesting when there's stories that have, like, two suspects that have so many holes right. in their alibis oh, and, yeah. or like just like both are so suspicious and you know it's just kind of it's just like which one did it they couldn't have both super done it. compelling yeah or they could have both they done could. it. oh they could have both done it yeah um, one got one but so. james not did convinced. not benefit from yeah from the from the murders and you know in classic i watch a lot of you know crime dramas 
um, who benefits the most is probably your your chief suspect. And and Lizzie and her sister Emma, who was out of town, um, uh, uh, they benefited definitely. Uh, so that's the story. I'm going in. I'm here. I'm I'm you know soaking it in. And they talk about how when Lizzie was on trial, they wanted to convince everyone that she had inherited an illness, a mental illness, a violent mental illness. And the way they did this were, they were saying that on the same property that Lizzie Borden allegedly murdered her parents, her aunt, Eliza Borden, got that, Eliza and Lizzie. Oh, wow. Eliza and Elizabeth. Liza Borden threw her three small children into the cistern and then cut her own throat with a razor. Into the wait, into the Into what? a well. Into a well. Yes. Oh, I thought you said her sister. Cistern. Cistern. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, threw her children Eat into a well, and it was sister. like two infants, basically. Uh, an infant and a toddler and then an older uh-huh. child. The oldest child survived, but the other two drowned. And it's like, what? I've never heard of this. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a room upstairs where we have toys because the children ghosts are still in this. And I'm like, that's my room. (laughs) (laughs) You don't tell me that right now. (laughs) You wait until tomorrow morning. That's what they know you want, though. Right, exactly. You do want it. They're like, this guy. guy. Let's put him in the toy room. (laughs) Like, oh, great. Thank you. Yes. But it it was fascinating because... Even to me, that story is more horrifying in a lot of ways oh, yeah. than, the, than the actual Lizzie Borden axe murders. It was a woman who threw her babies into a well, and they drowned. And then she cut her own throat with a straight razor. Now, I have tried to do the blood brother thing, and I, you know, we're going to be blood brothers. Uh, mm. You can't quite do it. Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of effort for me. Yeah. Uh, so the idea of dragging a straight razor across your throat is you—you you yeah. really have to have a lot of commitment. You know, it's not like drinking a, a ton of poison or, or you know, throwing yourself off a building. When you throw yourself off a building, you have time to think uh, that was a bad idea, but it's over. You know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. With the the moment the knife touches your throat, there's there's time to stop. There's time to be like, I'm not, I'm, I'm no, no. I'm. So, so yeah, Eliza Eliza was married into the family, right? She married, making, and that was making actually, them not blood. That's that's exactly what happened in the courtroom. Okay. They were like, yeah. she did not inherit this illness because Eliza okay. was you know married in to the Borden family. Um, but that does speak to the land, that the land mm-hmm. has some blood in it. <laughs> the the sure. land is dark and strange and peculiar. And um, and so, of course, the guides there uh, play up this, this notion that there are children on the property. They also say that Eliza is on property, uh, which is kind of eerie to think about because whatever postpartum and tragic events that led her to whatever happened there that's just such a heavy feeling. And, and so they, they, they state that it's in the basement that most people experience Eliza, like she's in the basement. And I don't know, we've talked about basement ghosts mm-hmm. before and the concept of basement ghosts being people waiting for their retribution, being people who know they're dead and want to uh, be punished or, or, or be dead. You know, they don't want to stick yeah. around. They, 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 they want it to be over. Um, but there's also the argument that that's also where wells are. That's, mm-hmm. where, that's where the cistern was. 
Um, now, some stories state that it, the house that Eliza murdered her children and herself uh, was actually right next door. But there's some confusion as to that. Still super haunted. It's all the same property. Yeah, it's it was all, all on the same land. property and possibly a shared well. And I'd like to say I'd like to say that his full description of like the ghost hunt that he did there is on Patreon. So Yes. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. we were able to uh, establish some incredible contact and, and like I said it was it, there was elements that made it such a very significant ghost hunt. Um and to the point at which I was like, this is rigged. You know, this yeah. has to be rigged. <laughs> yeah. It was so bizarre. But the fascinating thing is, is a lot of the elements that we always talk about, about how tragedy can, can spurn on ghosts, attention can spurn on ghosts, because the Lizzie Borden house was not a boarding house forever. Uh, it was just the house that people would you know, stand in front of and go, that's Lizzie Borden's house. <laughs> and you know, ghost tours... Uh, people driving by that was a common place for the longest time because it was the house of legend. It was the boogeyman's house. It was, sure. the, you know, I dare you to knock on Lizzie Borden's door. I dare you to, you know, uh, stay the night in the house that breeds a type of supernatural activity that, you know, it's just very hard to replicate in any, in, in any other way than all this focus, all this belief, all this dread and fear. Plus, hyper tragic action yeah. you know uh such a force of violence and when you think of not just the death but what it takes to repeatedly hit somebody with an axe it takes a lot of anger it takes would, a lot of yeah. anger it takes a lot of rage it takes a, a spike of emotion that you can't just write off as normal yeah you, know, oh, you, you have reached a point that is you know, paranormal in a sense. It is above normal. It is outside the bounds of being normal. And that, <clears throat> that to me, you know, again, unnatural, supernatural, those things are very closely related. It's an unnatural act. Yeah, you have to, you have to be, you have to have something in your head that's not, that's just off kilter in, yeah. in order to do that. Because like normal people like us, uh, we wouldn't, we would never, we, we couldn't muster the, we couldn't muster that rage and uh, the ability to hack someone to death unless in self-defense. Well, and even, but we, even then, we would like be like, I think they're dead, I'm running away. Even, like, the, <laughs> yeah, even to kill somebody, it, uh, they, they think, they believe that um, Lizzie Borden's father died with the first hit. Sure. So the next 10 hits were just <laughs> unloading, you know, <laughs> It's like shooting a person in the face 10 yeah. times. It's yeah. like it's not necessary. You are trying to expel something from your yeah. soul at that point. Yeah. Uh, and intriguingly, we learned that um, they had never found the axe. They never found the murder never weapon. Do. They found uh, a handle that they were almost positive was the handle of the axe because it had hair and blood on it. Sure. Turned out that it was cattle hair and blood oh. and there was no head to the axe so they didn't know you know so that then that, that ain't it that yeah that wasn't it no. that ain't it did they but, check the well this is what's interesting oh, uh, almost a hundred years later they found an axe on a neighbor's roof what yes and it was from the period it was from the time Shut it was up. a brand new axe when it, when it hit the roof, and they could tell this by the the de- degradation of wow. it, they were like, "This was a, a, an axe that was brand new 
because there was no other markings of use. And they're like, we're almost positive this is the murder That's weapon. That's got to be. It's got to be the murder That's weapon. And what they do with it. Well, it, I think it's still like being debated. Sure. Because it was, you know, out in the weather. It was out, you know, in the well, rain. Well, sure, but like they didn't put it in like a glass case to show everybody? No, no. I, fun stuff I, right think there. I think it's actually evidence. I think it's, it's yeah. actually. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> the police ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same way with the, the Gribble House murders. They never found the murder weapon. Right. Um, the only incriminating evidence they found was the bloody cloths in the fireplace. But, right. you know, it's. That was another thing. Apparently, while the house was on constant watch, uh, <laughs> Lizzie Borden burned a dress oh, in the stove. God. And her friend was present when she did this. And Lizzie turns to her friend and says, it got paint on it and shoves it in the stove. The police are right outside. And they kind of look and they see her. Cooking a dress? Yeah, throwing the <laughs> dress in the fire. And it's like, that's suspicious. They also found a bucket of bloody cloth. Yeah. While they were investigating, and Lizzie Borden basically said, oh, it's my time of month. And the, oh. and the male police officers were like, oh. She knows how to and, work oh, the she, main boy. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> She's and I was like, like, this is Stupid boys. Stupid boys. <laughs> uh, a police officer saw her down in the basement, like, scrubbing something. And, they were, and, and, and the guy's this just like. This is so stupid. Don't. Don't want to no woman woman stuff. <gasps> woman don't want to don't want to deal with it. And oh, so God. it's so bizarre <laughs> that she got it. You know that that more scrutiny wasn't paid to to any of it. Um, and of course, you know the crime scene investigation was so far gone. You know it, it was yeah. it was not something. Uh, apparently, like even the photo that they used as the crime scene photo was taken like nine hours after the, the after the the police arrived. You know, they're all walking around poking the body and moving it. <laughs> wow. So, so wait. So, Lizzie Borden uh, went free? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, and lived the rest long? of her life. Shut up. Doing what she wanted. Doing what she wanted. Wow. And she and her that's, that sister, sucks. Emma, lived in this big house on the hill. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, Emma just stopped talking to Lizzie and moved out. And it's like, I wonder what that was about. Yeah, I wonder, I, I wonder if Emma found something out that she didn't like and and didn't want to sleep in a house with a axe murderer. This yeah. is this is one of the crimes that misogyny really. Oh no, Fragile. misogyny defense is awesome. Yeah, you should try it, ladies. If yeah. you ever murder someone, just Fragile. demand an all male. <laughs> Jury. Fragile masculinity. Wow. <laughs> Fragile masculinity this at is, its finest. And this is no woman we, could do it. You see that stroke? No, that's mm, that's a man's wow. stroke. Menstrual that's blood. A, I not, don't want to no. look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why we need to uh, normalize period talk. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like if you if you see a bucket full of blood, <laughs> that woman needs help. Yeah. <laughs> she needs help. That's wild. Or if you just see a lady cooking a dress. <laughs> yeah. If a lady just throws a dress in the fire and she's like, it's ruined. It's got, and what ha- actually happened was sure. the, the, the friend was then asked to verify that all the dresses in Lizzie's closet were present and accounted for. And she did. She said yes. But when she took the stand, she recanted and said she had lied. And she told the story of Lizzie. And Lizzie lost it on her. And I was like, well, of course she did. Yeah. She, that woman, and the woman was like, Lizzie told me not to tell. And yeah. I was like, well, of course she did. You know why? 
Because she's a murderer. Because yeah. she will hack and you. you. <laughs> and you were her alibi. And yeah. now she gets off. <laughs> she's like, so watch wait, out, snake. I might have missed it. What happened to Eliza? Eliza. Eliza she, she left? No. Uh, no. She, Eliza slit her throat. Oh, oh yeah. No. Eliza slit her throat. That's not who I, that's not what I meant. No. Emma? No, the, Emma. Thank Emma. you. So Emma not was Eliza. her sister. Crazy. They lived together on the hill. And, and most people believe that because Lizzie Borden, when she moved to the hill, started throwing these lavish parties and hanging out with, get this, actors. And we all know oh, how actors boy. were viewed at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so Emma was like, you're hanging out with a rabble. You were hanging out with low-class citizens. And so people think that that was possibly what caused this division. Sure. But the fact that she moved out and never spoke to Lizzie again mm-hmm. <laughs> suggests that maybe there's something deeper at, at the root of but it. But do we know what happened to her? No, she just moved away. Oh, she, she just moved yeah, away. She moved yeah. and lived out her life. Okay. Because, wow. you know, they were both yeah, I didn't know millionaires, she... you know, of the time. And I... why they lived together was interesting, too, because Lizzie Borden also... When I was growing up, I thought Lizzie Borden was in her teens, late teens. Yeah. She was 32 years old. Oh. So she was living at home, 32 years old, not allowed to go to the parties all her life, not allowed to go out, not allowed to, to have the experience of the money that they had, the family had. Yeah. And that created, you know, I think enough resentment. And uh, I think that, like, the, the moment that seemed to, to uh, really change things was... Um, Abby being the stepmother, uh, Abby's sister got into some trouble, so Andrew actually gave a property to the sister-in-law, and uh, Lizzie went nuts. She could not believe it because it seemed like a huge betrayal. Why is this woman, who isn't really a part of our family, who is you know once yeah. removed from all of us, getting a piece of my inheritance? What is happening here? And so... Uh, the father tried to placate um, Lizzie and, and Emma by giving them a property, but it turned out that the property, you know, the rent that came into the property really didn't amount to any money because <laughs> they had to keep putting it back into the property. So sure, they found them, sure. and it was work, and they did not like that. <laughs> and so they were like, eh, you don't want it. <laughs> you know, it's like, blah. And so the father bought it back from them, bought the property that he gave them oh back my at, at, a, at a trumped-up charge to keep them happy. Um, but they were sour and they actually stopped calling Abby mom after this and called her, you know, Abby or, you know, step, my stepmother, my stepmother, uh, wow. which was fascinating. You know, sure. it, it, again, it looks bad for Lizzie Borden. And I, I would say that I am 90% certain uh, Lizzie Borden acted alone and murdered her, her father and yeah, stepmother. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think and uncle, I have this yeah. 10% notion that maybe the uncle was involved. Because it's suspicious that he showed up the day before. It's suspicious what, 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 that 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 he. Why would he show up? I mean, no, it's not even that. It's like it's like, what does him showing up matter? Oh no! If to he anything. did it, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if if he had a hand in it, like physically, like literally. Oh, if yeah. he actually yeah. did the hacking, right? No, it's totally Lizzie. Yeah, hundred no, no, no. percent. I'm I'm pretty. Oh. I'm pretty a scorned woman can hack 
a dude. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that was another thing. <laughs> we like, all know you, that. I don't think you know angry women. <laughs> yeah. uh, New Englanders of the there was, there 19th that, century. There was that story. Um, I love. I love the story. It's not like a, a ghost story or anything, but it's like it's like of the uh, the woman who lifts the car off of her oh, yeah, child. Of yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's women. That's adrenaline. That is that's women. <laughs> okay, but she's also she was she wasn't like a teenager like you said. She was a 32 year old woman. Yeah. She's gonna yeah. have at least some muscle on her. I'm but, sure. Well, and, you know. Yeah, she's been like, training probably. Oh sure. <laughs> she's basically lived the life of. Uh, a prisoner in a lot of ways, you know, sure. the, the, the family was pretty puritanical. Uh, she did not get to go out. Uh, she was not married off. She, you know, wow. there's a lot of, 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 of pieces to this puzzle that suggest that this could have been a long time coming. This could have been, you know, from the moment she first started missing out on what she saw as a life, you know, you can't oppress a person but, but without expecting away. an explosion. Well, run away. No, don't kill them. No, because she but wanted you, the money. Uh, don't forget, she she didn't want to work. So, okay, yeah. so she's so it's just I'm 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 losing. What I'm doing is I'm losing the fact that like like if I was in her situation, I would have ran away because I'm not a narcissist. But she's a narcissist. She wants the money. She wants. Well, she's also, greedy and yeah. she's about herself. In well, the late 19th century, a woman running away doesn't have a lot of prospects. No, mm. yes, God. You know, you're also forgetting house. you're a white man. Yeah, I can run away. You can run away and immediately get a job. Yeah. Yes, land on my feet. You there, work for me. But also, it's the fact too that, like, I'm sure she was looked down upon because she was a 32 year old unmarried woman. She sure. was a spinster. She was a spinster. So yeah. it's like, and those types of women back in that time, they were like, what the, what's wrong with well, you? And, and that's like, where a lot of like other speculation came in. There was yeah. a lot of speculation as to you know. Maybe she was single because she didn't like men. Maybe, you know, there's, and, and there's a lot of play in those notions because she didn't marry. She didn't go on to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did live up. She, she lived the life that she, she really wanted. And that is highly indicative of, get, you know, doing something to get what you want. It's fascinating to say, oh, if she killed them to get what she wanted... She definitely cashed in. Yeah, she she had no remorse. She did not use that money to to do anything. And I should I should say she was very charitable. She did. She had a huge like pet foundation. She did all these things that were, but they were her interest and her passion. Sure. They were not yeah. like you know she was she was turning the money away because it was blood money or it was you know mm-hmm. it was it, it, tragic. She didn't. The only time anyone ever saw her cry was when they said she was not guilty. Mm-hmm. At the not wow. guilty plea, she burst out in tears. And it's like, mm, where were those right. tears when your father yeah, was uh, dead <laughs> in the living room? Yeah. And you can, you can chalk some of that up to, to, to uh, uh, you know, shock, but she was also kept in jail. She didn't cry in jail, or people didn't see her cry. They always said she was cool as you know. A, she was cool as a cucumber. Yeah. She, she was always composed. She she never showed any emotion. I was like, that's to a degree, good on you. Sure. But to another degree, it's like that's kind of suspicious, don't you think? I'm not gonna lie. I'm having some conflicting feelings right now. I, I am slightly feeling bad for Lizzie Borden in, sure. a, in a, like a little bit of a way because, like, you know, uh, you know, obviously, I didn't, I didn't grow up in like a super, super ultra conservative uh, household, but like, you know, 
I, I'd never put it in perspective, like the time, the fact that she was a woman. I guess, like it, you, like you said, it's easier. It's easy to say run away, like either now or you know, as a white guy back then, because I'm kind of thinking about what I would do. But then I'm like, you know, I guess she couldn't run away. You're immediate. If you run away, you're immediately. I mean, if you think the glass healing stick right now, it's bulletproof. Right. But like back then. Right, it was you lead. Know, it was a lead just, ceiling. It's a lead yeah. ceiling. <laughs> Can't even see through it. Right, exactly. Right, and so it's like interesting yeah. that well, and and that makes her kind of this kind of a counterculture icon oh, in yeah, a sense kind of, of 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 that's wild. What actions do you take to claim the life you want? Sure, and, and not endorsing it or job. saying that there's anything. <laughs> yeah. She did a great job. But <laughs> if 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 the story is as it is. Her plan worked to a T. To a T. Um, and that does not make her a good person. No. That does not mean I, I, I approve of that action. But I can say, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive. You know, that, that was a plan put to action and, and, and followed through. Execute, executed. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, you're like, oh. Because I am enthralled by the idea that there was a period of time when, and I want to say it was a period of time, but it's, it's, it's still where men have just a vast miscomprehension of, of women, uh, a, a deep underestimation and a deep lack of comprehension. That really worked in her favor. Yeah. And that worked on her, in her favor. And, and I don't know that that was her plan. I don't know that she was like, well, stupid, you know, stupid men will never, you know. Sure. Um, I mean, I would, <laughs> if I was her, I'd be like, stupid men. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, if anything, the fact that she w- was able to be like that big bucket of blood, sure, is because I'm, you know, menstruating, is enough to turn a cop away. It's yeah. like, well, she, she knew that much, like, sure. unless, of course, it was, in fact, you know. A very heavy day, you know. It, it, that's a, an ultra heavy day. That's, well, that, like. that's just it. It was like it was a bucket of bloody rags, you know, just overflowing. <laughs> You're like, yeah. mm, mm-hmm. no, I don't know, nope. because it was probably her dress. It was probably the dress that she mm-hmm. set on fire was in the bucket. Gotcha. Is yeah. more than, and that's the speculation was, the cops even saw it, and when they questioned it, they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so why do you, you think she? You know, I was thinking, why do you think she hacked her? Father in their face, but the mother in the back of the head. I mean, maybe, maybe opportunity, uh, like an opportunistic thing. But so would there also be like a the, like a hatred type I think of thing? Offensive. Well, you don't to- want. You don't want the. Maybe she. Maybe the mom was nicer, and she wanted the mom to not see her coming, but she wanted the dad to like look her in so the face as he did. Maybe. I think it's actually op- opportunity because sure. most speculate that the mother was resetting the room from the uncle's stay. Okay. So she was in the guest room making the bed and got hit in the back of the head, mm-hmm. you know, because she was facing away. Um, and then the father was napping on the couch on his back. And so. Oh, you, you, oh you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was asleep. Gotcha. gotcha. Which again comes up to, because there was a lot of weird, you know, trying to get the toxicology, trying to figure out if they were poisoned, getting, you know, they did two autopsies. They, and they, they did the autopsy in the dining room. The bodies were laid out. And then they did a second autopsy where they removed the heads of both of them what? so that they could send them off to, to get. And then at the trial, 
they pulled the heads out as evidence oh my during God. the trial. And I'm like, okay. They're not spiritual at all. No. Because the head is like, yeah, I like, mean, you can remove the head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, look upon these. Right. It was like, <laughs> look how terrible this is. And everybody's like, that's pretty terrible. What, what year was this? In the 1890s. 18, well, yeah. there's lots of pictures of the crime scene. Like you, uh, at, the, at the Lizzie Borden house, you've got pictures that you can look at and they are grotesque and graphic and then they have the reconstructed skulls where you can see the damage to the skull um and it's interesting because they believed that it was more blunt force trauma than the edge of the hatchet so it was like bludgeoning sure until they were dead uh the cave-ins and everything so it was just really a grotesque scene I, wow. I think Lizzie Borden was a very meticulous individual. I think so too. Because just the fact that she would, when you said that she did charity work, you know what that sounded like to me? John Wayne Gacy, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting because she, she was like the Sunday school teacher. She, she did all these mm-hmm. things before this event. She was a, a community Gotta save face. staple. I don't even think it was face. I think it was duty. Sure. She, she, she upheld her duty. But when the trial came out, the church turned their back on her. And, and that was a devastating blow because she's like, I have always been a part of this church. I've always given to yeah. this church. I've always been. I, I continue to give to this church. And they're like, ew. Not abnormal for churches. Yeah. No. no. Well, you know, when, <laughs> when, once like, you're accused of They're like, of we're all murder, sinners, but not that sin. But yeah, not yeah, you. That, <laughs> not, not that sin. God will forgive you, but we're going to close the door. Yeah. 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 It was the Puritans, you know. So anyway. They suck. But regardless. (laughs) (laughs) But regardless. um, Yeah, it's just like everything that it was stated just sounds like she was like very methodical of like how she planned this out. Because I think you're right. I think this was a long time coming. Mm -hmm. Also. Well, I do think that she was poisoning them too. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they had a long rash of illness. But when Abby went in to talk to the doctor, the doctor was like, your husband is notoriously cheap, notoriously stingy. What are you eating? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that they were eating rotten food. Well, they were literally eating, you know, weak old fish and you know, oh stuff like God. that. And I was like, of course you're sick. Yeah. And, so, and so imagine it wasn't that too is poisoning uh, him. Uh, well, we it's we don't speculated. know. Yeah. Because the doctor was like, "What are you eating?" It's like, "Oh, well, last night we had you know this fish from last week," <laughs> and it was like. Oh, well, you know, you yeah. don't have a refrigerator. You don't have, you know, well, why are you still eating it, Because you're wealthy is another thing. It's like sure. you're wealthy. You can get food. And they're like, he won't buy it. And and so imagine that household too. Mm-hmm. Eliza is living in, or Eliza, um, Lizzie is living, Lizzie and Emma are both living in a house where they're eating food for weeks on end that probably spoiled in the first week alone. Sure. And, and so, you know, they're all sickly, you know, they all have like regular illnesses. So when the mother shows up and says she's been poisoned, cause she literally said, I'm, I've been poisoned. Yeah. The doctor was quick to be like, look, I know your family, you know, yeah. I, 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 I eat fresh food. Don't eat the rotten food. You're not poisoned. He dismissed it. But the interesting thing was, if they've always been eating this rotten food, how is she differentiating the sickness sure. that she's had before mm-hmm. from, from, from suddenly being like, I've been poisoned? And that was like a week before the, the axe murder. So my other question is, do we know Abby's age? 
since she yes she was like 67 okay at the time of the murder okay because okay. i was gonna ask if she was around lizzie's age because that's enough <laughs> well because you know well, that's, no what's that's interesting like, is lizzie kind of grew up with abby mm -hmm. i mean lizzie spent a good portion of her life because her mother died when she was young and abby came in shortly thereafter so mm -hmm. lizzie had more time with abby than with her mother gotcha and and for a while lizzie and emma referred to abby as mother but then started calling her miss borden also started calling her abby okay you know there was a point at which they they severed their relationship as mother and child and and began mm -hmm. to look at her as competition i gotcha. i have a i have a question about the poison thing you said she went to go buy cyanide yep where do you buy cyanide? Pharmacy. Why would you? What? Why? She would went you to the pharmacy. So there why are lots of why would a pharmacy there are lots of household so. reasons to have cyanide. Um, primarily murdering your family. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the concept is uh, it could have been for pest control. It could have been for uh, pest control. Yeah, you know, to they kill used, a rat. They used kill. all sorts of things. Cyanide to kill a rat? We use strychnine It now. was the 1800s. <laughs> I mean, they used also, they put lead in their paint. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they were uh, not. So cyanide was not an abnormal purchase necessarily. And why was she, why was she denied that then if it's so normal? Because it is abnormal enough. Okay. <laughs> because it, you know, because it was enough to be like, I don't think we want to give you this. And, okay. for, and and we don't have a full story on that. We just know yeah. that it occurred. Yeah. Where the pharmacist literally was like, no. Okay. It's also... Um, and yeah. oddly enough, during our ghost hunt, the word pharmacist came up and the Ooh. word medicine came up. Yeah. And and in that, in that wheel, it was like pharmacist, medicine, keep them here. We're all very close to each other. You're like, was the medicine meant to keep them here? Yeah. Because it's possible that yeah. there might be doses of cyanide at the time that you were using to cure things. I don't know. Mm. You know, I, I, I am not up on my cyanide history. I know you shouldn't take it. If someone offers you cyanide, don't take it. But, you know, like the thing is, too, she could have been getting her cyanide from elsewhere also. That's afterwards very true. Because there were plenty of underground apothecaries oh, back yes, then absolutely. that were, you know, happy well, to dispense women poison because they wanted to get away from a piece of husband. There is this concept like that... that if she was doing the long poison, like yeah. small dosages that hopefully would accumulate to their death, it's possible that she was getting frustrated with the length of time mm -hmm. it was taking. Sure. You know, oh, no, I, yeah. who knows how long she'd been doing it. If, if she was poisoning them, she may have been like, I don't want to just poison them so they fall over dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But by doing it bit by bit, maybe they would die staggered, maybe, you know. Sure. But when they haven't died after a while... It possibly through and a they're whole, complaining about it, and they're complaining mm -hmm. about it. We got to do something quick. Yeah, yeah. It's like she just told the doctor that she was poisoned. Yeah, the axe huh. will be quick. You know. Yeah, there <laughs> if was, that's yeah, and you know we can speculate all day oh, long. Yeah. Well, because there were ways that you could do that. Like um, a popular way was uh, through eggs. Mm -hmm. They would you would um, go and get a dozen eggs, but one of the eggs would have poison in it, and you would feed that egg to whoever you were trying to poison regularly because people ate eggs every morning, you know, and mm -hmm. nobody would know the difference. That's so a real like, chicken way to do it. Uh, boo. 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 Exiled. 
How dare you, sir? But, you know, I'm just saying, it is not out of the realm of possibility that mm-hmm. that could have been a thing. But it sounded like Liz and, uh, Lizzie had, like, a lot of resentment. And so I, I think c- so. I th- I, and it's funny because there were people at the Lizzie Borden house who firmly believed that she didn't do it. Who were who were in the camp that it was James Morris the uncle, mm-hmm. um, or a you know random happenstance, yeah. uh, which seems absolutely impossible. Uh, and as a matter of fact, there was a point at which the the front door was locked from the inside uh, when Bridget was coming in and out. She was like, sure. it was locked, and you know it's never locked. She, yeah. she just came through the door, so she didn't understand why it was locked. So there's all kinds of weird little sure. bits, yeah. but. I cannot believe that a person went on a murder trial. Their alibi was I was in the house while the murders happened and didn't hear, see, or sense anything. Yep. I might have been in this room. I was possibly in that room, but really I was just moving around where everyone was being murdered. I mean, (laughs) it's like three stooges level of she walked out of one room and an axe murderer murdered her father as she passed is like yeah. that like like who's on first right yeah. well and <laughs> worth <laughs> noting abby was like 200 pounds oh so um lizzie was was said she was in the dining room uh ironing handkerchiefs mm-hmm. the dining room is kind of under the guest room okay. where a 200 pound woman in a victorian pre-victorian house falls falls yeah um when i sat down you could hear it you know, yeah. on the other There's side, just it's, no. the whole house sh- could shake with, with sure. you know, a, a footfall. Uh, you're telling me that she didn't uh-huh. notice yeah. that a 200 pound woman hit the ground and was repeatedly bludgeoned. Yeah. yeah. No, 19 times. Right? 19 There's times. There's just no way. Yeah. There's and just no like, way. It's like, oh, okay. so. So I, you know, I really, there's a lot of Lizzie Borden podcast episodes out there. Oh, yeah, I wanted this absolutely. to be different. And I feel like it, I feel like so far, you know, it has been, but I think the main thing that's going to make it different is if we play a little episode of From One to Wicked with Chris. Uh. And what I mean by that, for those of y'all who don't, un, who, who are new to the podcast, we, we do episodes called From One to Wicked, um, which are just basically like a game that we play where Madison tells me a story and we read a haunting from one to wicked. Now, Madison and I can't do that because we haven't stayed in the house, but Chris, you can do that. From one being, I mean, just not wicked at all. I get up like like uh, Madison, like your lighthouse story where the where the where the ghost gives the person a hug after they reach the top of the steps because they're like, "Thanks for coming to see me." That's one, and <laughs> then and then uh, we got with um, um, a bloody what? McKenzie being a nine, borderline ten, probably should be a ten. Yeah, you know, from one to wicked, how haunted is the Lizzie Borden house? Wicked. Absolutely. Wicked. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, is it like, I mean, you're saying like 10 or are you ten. saying like 10? 10. 10. It's wow. a 10. We got oh, a 10. Well, it's a 10 because through the course of the evening, we had such specific and impressive evidence, um, very interactive evidence, but more than anything else was the compliance of all of this energy. It was, it was very much, there was a whole session, and we were using the Estes method, if you're not familiar with the Estes method. Um, it was uh, originated in Estes Park in, uh, in like 2016. But it's basically where you isolate a person with a spirit box on headphones so they cannot be influenced by questions. Mm-hmm. So you're asking questions in one room 
and the person with the headset is just saying whatever's coming through the spirit box. And this was a fascinating spirit box um, session. There was so many things that were just incongruous, but they all started to meld and sew together. So I have been on a lot of ghost hunts, and I have seen a lot of spot evidence and moments that were very intense. But this was a sustained and, and very complex and complete um, series of communications that lasted well over an hour. Sure. Wow. And that, to me, gave me this notion that, okay, whatever's here is, is very communicative, is very aware. Yeah. And, um, and also very interested in us. Um, when we shifted around, it knew by number who was in what room and who was in another room. Wow. And it was very bizarre because we were using a variety of tools. And the tools were complementary to each other. Sure. Which is not normal. You, you know, if you've got a, a spirit box over here and a REM pod over there and a light over there and you're using a, a ghost app, oftentimes you start to lean towards one or the other. But this was an even spread all around. Okay. And by the time you are listening to this, if you're not a para-junkie, uh, that, episode will, um, that episode will be up on Patreon um, as a Patreon exclusive where it's, it's just Chris kind of like really going into detail about that haunting. Also, we turned on the GhostTube app and we got some crazy <laughs> things. Well, they, well, they don't know so, about the GhostTube app. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But, you don't know about the GhostTube app. And I do not endorse apps on phones uh, often, but I find that the GhostTube app was so well um, calibrated for this experience. Mm -hmm. And I have since been using it in, in, in spot locations here at the underground and gotten really interesting results, uh, results that I feel are worth, um, worth telling people that the GhostTube app is a very useful mm -hmm. uh, addition to your your ghost hunt equipment, definitely in, in the in the pay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, and definitely, um, and they even say it at, when you open the app for the first time. Always fact check what you're getting because you can't take it at face value necessarily. But I will say uh, some of the things that I've picked up in here from it, and then also at my own house, very interesting. Yeah. So we talk about the ghost tube app in, in that episode yeah, too. Yeah. So and we'll, we'll probably do a breakdown on equipment yep, and, yep. and apps and things that we would use in ghost hunts. I think we have a couple of ghost hunts coming up soon. So mm -hmm. yeah, we do. We do. We do. So, um, all ghost hunts, we'll probably put snippets out for the public, but all ghost hunts will be uh pair of junkie content. Um, yeah. yep. All ghost hunts will do, uh, be that. And, uh, also we got the series coming up. So we got some, we got some like seriously good stuff coming up for, uh, for the, for pair junkies. So it's yeah. So definitely, if you're sitting on the on the fence of the Patreon, yes. you should definitely check join it out. Us. Yeah, we join have a good us. time. We post literally every every day. I mean, yeah. we really we're putting something new out. We try to put something new out like every single day on our Patreon. We just uh, Madison last night. We were just walking our uh, mutts, 
and we stopped in Wright Square, and Madison's like, let's talk about, you know, let's let's show uh, the para-junkies, like, the the issues with the with Toma what Chichi's happened to Tomochichi's grave. grave. Yeah. He and got a f- rock. And he got a rock, a non-native oh, rock for a Native American, as you like to put it. Hey, well, I but was anyway, like, that's we, the biggest we talk a little bit about that. Yes, <laughs> I always call him the Charlie Brown of historical figures, because, you know, it's like, I got an obelisk, I got a statue, I got a rock. I got a rock. Yeah. It's not even an oppressive rock, right. it really no, is. No, it is. It, yeah, yeah, I've seen better rocks, okay? Yeah. Oh, I've seen Although many better Savannah, rocks. Savannah, rocks are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Which is weird, because why would you memorialize someone with something that you can't find here? It's like, this will make people think Savannah, mm-hmm. big piece of granite. <laughs> Literally. But... Um, well, we can get into that in a whole different episode. But um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to Lizzie Borden. I know she's this was a fun one. Yeah, it was fun. I know she's not from Savannah, so um, so it, it's always fun to talk film about. Was shot here though. Yes, the film was shot here. Yeah. It's terrible, but you know it's <laughs> it's so bad. They, they it's made Chloe Savigny and uh, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. They try to make although Chloe Le- Savigny fell in love with Savannah making that yeah. movie and has since come back with two series. Yep. You know the uh, the the act and uh, the girl from Plainville, mm-hmm. both no Chloe Savigny yeah. produced. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, people fall in love with this place. It's, it's a great place. The bomb. Yeah, they they filmed like this scene with chickens or whatever in the Moon River Brewing Company basement. I'm like, this is just weird, y'all. I got like, I actually, like a witch, actually want to yeah. see it. I I I watched the first five minutes. I was like, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> like yeah. I stopped, but well, I think they I have to watch it. Decided to play up. Yeah. The relationship between Bridget, the maid, and mm-hmm. uh, Lizzie Borden. They sure. did. But uh, it, but history tells us that it was pretty contentious. Although Bridget, worth noting, on her deathbed, on her deathbed said she lied to protect Lizzie <gasps> and then Ooh. died. And Bruh. no one knows wow. what she lied about. And no one knows <laughs> what she saw or what she knew. Goodness gracious. But on her deathbed, she's like, uh, I lied about Lizzie. Oh my god, that that's so dramatic! Sucks. It's so dramatic. <laughs> she, what a cliffhanger! What a Bridget. cliffhanger! <laughs> like, cool, cool. why, Bridget? Right. Why didn't you write a diary? Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, maybe one day somebody will be able to get in contact with Bridget. Who knows? But um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Actually, Chris, I have a ghost tip. Yeah. Uh, so, let's give Chris a break yes. on the ghost tips and let's have a ghost tip for Madison. Yes. Um, so do not put welcome mats in front of your house. Um, if you're going to put a mat in front of your house, have it be something simple, like a nice design or, you know, just like happy Halloween or whatever it is. When you put welcome on your mat, you're inviting spirits into your house um and so and you're unknowingly doing so so that is literally what the word welcome means yes it means enter yeah be well exactly yes so absolutely don't use welcome mats not saying don't wipe your feet on a mat just maybe put a nice mushroom on it or something you know it's or a, scram a scram <laughs> scram yes um but that's my ghost tip excellent ghost tip yep All right. Well, with that, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.